0: excited about this morning i uh, hope you are too um, just thinking through those words how can i keep from singing how can i keep from rejoicing how can i keep from proclaiming how can i keep from just celebrating because of the love of christ uh and i hope that 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 is believed by you not just sung by you and and uh, we're going to talk a little bit um about that this morning if you'll turn to ephesians chapter one we're working through the book of ephesians and We're working through the first chapter of Ephesians right now. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to read verses 3 through 14. We're going to look at verses, or verse 13 today. Starting with verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is truth. So grateful for it, Lord. I love it. I want to know it. I want to teach it. God, as your people, we want to embrace it. We want to receive it. We want to live it. So help us today, God. Pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, if you are jumping in with us, um, we are working. Especially right now through verses 3 through 14. And that's why we're reading it all together. It's because in the Greek, and the original language, it is one sentence written from the beginning of, of verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father to the end of verse 14 to the praise of his glory. And so as we're working through this long sentence of praise, we're kind of breaking it apart in, in, in smaller sections and smaller parts so as we can talk about it and explain it. But we're working through that. And this morning, I want to focus in on verse 13. In Him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. As you look at the verse, and last week, and we've talked about it for the past several weeks, um, but, but how does the verse start that we're looking at today? Verse 13, how does it start? Just say it out, everyone. In Him, in who? In Christ, okay? So, not just last week, and not just the week before that, not just the week before that, not just the week before that, not just the week before that. Again, today we're seeing that, that it's in Christ what we're talking about here. It's because of Christ, it's in Christ. And so, like last week and all the weeks prior to that, we're seeing that there's a reason and a result for what we're talking about. The reason is Jesus, and the result is the praise of Jesus. He's the reason for what we're talking about, and he's ought to be the result of what we were talking about. And ultimately, he is the result. All of this is to the praise of his glory. And so as we talk this morning about verse 13, again, I want it to just resonate in our hearts. This is all because of Christ. It's all because of Jesus. And as I listen to it and as I hear the truth of it and as I as I remember and think through the elements of the gospel this morning, man, I hope it it does what it's meant to do. And it just wells up inside of us as praise. That we would exalt Christ, that we would praise Christ, that we would lift him up and not ourselves up and we'd be astounded with Christ and we'd be on our face before Christ. It's just Christ all because of jesus it's all for jesus we got to praise christ through it so it says in christ in him you also that that you is who let's be specific gentiles okay The Gentiles in in relation to what we talked about, um, what, two weeks ago now in verse 11, uh, we have obtained an inheritance. Verse 12, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ talking about the Jews in, in verse 13 in him, you also talking about the Gentiles. And it's this beautiful picture as we're kind of working our way through Ephesians It's going to be over and over and over again talking about this wonderful message of how Christ is the hope for the nations for everyone. There is no single person on earth, no matter what tribe they're from, no matter what land they live in, no matter where they were born, how they were raised, what they were taught, there is no single person on the face of the earth who needs something other than Christ. He is the hope for all of the nations. So it says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, The gospel of your salvation, when you heard, we're going to do this morning is kind of break apart uh, kind of the elements of the gospel. We, We talked about weeks ago in verse four, where it says he chose us. God chose us before the foundation of the world. And then the next week we talked about how he predestined us in his love. He predestined us for adoption according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. And then last week we talked again where it came up in verse uh, 11. We've obtained inheritance because we've been predestined according to his purpose. And now as we get to verse 13, we're looking at at how it all works. We're going to look at it from our perspective now. Not from God's perspective, but looking at it from our perspective. What are the parts? What are the necessities of salvation? So the first thing it says is in In Christ, you also, when you heard, when you heard, one of the main elements of coming to know Christ is hearing. If you flip backwards to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, starting with verse 13. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. To come to Christ, we have to hear about Christ. It's a major, major element in the gospel. It's a major element in people coming to know the Lord. They have to hear. They have to hear, and and what Paul's saying is how how beautiful are the feet of those who take this message, who take this message of hope, who take this message of salvation, and they go and they preach it. They tell it to other people. He's not talking about a position here. He's talking about a doing here. Any of us who would take this treasure of the gospel and go and tell it to someone else, how beautiful that is. There needs to be hearing. People have to hear the gospel to know the gospel. So he says, you, when you heard, what do we have to hear? The word of truth, he says. You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you heard the word of truth, John 17, 17, Jesus is praying and he says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So they have to hear the truth. We have to hear the truth. And Jesus tells us that God's word is the truth. It's the gospel. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. We're talking through this with our kids right now. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. I'm not ashamed of it. Because it is the power of God for salvation. What do they need to hear? What do people need to hear? They need to hear the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God for salvation. I'm not the power of God for salvation. You're not the power of God for salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Acts 4.12, we just sang this verse. There is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Christ has exclusive rights on that. John 3:16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him in him not just in love not just in god not just in a being not just in anything but whoever believes in christ in the son of god should not perish but have eternal life people need to hear the gospel hebrews 4 12 they need to hear the word of truth because hebrews 4 12 says the word of god is living and active Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I love that verse. I love God's Word because it does that. God's Word is is powerful and effective, and it digs and, and convicts and reveals. We're like, how can a book do that how can words do that how can the bible do that how can people maybe i've talked to people over and over and all of a sudden they read god's word and it just comes alive to them and god awakens their heart how can that be because it's just not my words my words are just words you will not remember most of what i say this morning everyone's like how did he know that You won't. They're just words, but God's word is powerful and effective and it changes. How does it do that? Because it tells us in 2 Timothy 3 16 that all scripture is breathed out by God, not by Tony, not by you. It's breathed out by God. And so it's living and active and working and effective 2 Peter 1.19 says no prophecy was ever prophesied by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. People need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the gospel because that is what will change people. That's how people come to know Christ. That's how people are saved from an eternity in hell. They have to hear the gospel. Not even just my good living, not just my good doing, not just not just things people have to hear. They have to hear the message of hope. They have to hear the word that is powerful and effective. It can change them. For salvation to take place, they must hear the word of truth, the gospel. What is the gospel? Is it just John 316? If we just memorize John 316, what's the gospel? It's the story of God. It's the story of God. It's the fall, it's creation, fall, redemption, and new creation. We're going to do that gospel class that that Scott's leading next Sunday, and he's going to talk through that stuff. You need to know that stuff. We say that we love the gospel, we say that we embrace the gospel. But do you know the gospel? Do you know what it would be to go up to someone and explain to him him or to her this unbelievable treasure that we have in the gospel? That God created. That men fell, sinned against a holy God. And God, in love, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. And he recreates. Do we know that? We say we love the gospel. Do we know the gospel? Paul says in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. It's the story of God when you heard and believed so the next element is believing we have to believe it it's not just good enough to hear it or we could just rent out auditoriums and huge loudspeakers and just proclaim the gospel and then people would hear it people have to embrace it they have to believe it and so when you heard it and believed it john 3:16 that we just talked about for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him. Should not perish but have eternal life. Romans 10 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. You'll be saved. That's not a joyless thing. That is a wonderful truth. That's just not a verse that we memorized. When we were in elementary school. Because we had to do that to go through Sunday school. That is the hope of the nations that is the best news that you will ever hear that there's redemption there's hope you're a horrible sinner i don't even have to live with you to know that you're a sinner you've offended god And yet in Christ we can have redemption. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what does it mean to believe? What does it mean then to believe? Everything. Everything. It means everything. The First thing it means is, And and, and what happens when we truly believe is repentance. It means repentance. Acts 2.38 is this this wonderful picture where where Peter, uh, after Pentecost, is preaching this sermon. And he's preaching to the people that killed Jesus. They're the ones that shouted out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Let his blood be on us. That's who he's preaching to. That's a tough crowd. And he's preaching to them and teaching them the gospel, telling them the gospel that God gave his son for them and that they killed him. And what do they do? They're they're cut to the heart, it says. In Acts 2.38, it says they're cut to the heart and, 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 and they respond, what should we do? What do we do now? What's he say to them? Repent. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Repent. Turn away from your sin. Turn away from your sin. Walk away. Turn your back. Turn away from sin. And go to God. Acts 3.19. I love this verse. Repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out. Verse 20. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord repent there's a there's a point of literally seeing and and hearing the gospel and believing on it so much that you turn away from your sin you see how horrible and how offensive it is to god and so you turn literally away from it running to god running to christ act 17 verse 30 the times of ignorance god overlooked but now he commands all people everywhere to repent turn away from your sin stop doing it that's what it means stop sinning turn away from that and seek god romans 2 4 listen to this okay romans 2 4 do you presume on the riches of his kindness that word presume do you take for granted Are you just taking for granted the riches of his kindness? Do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? Not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. God's kindness is meant to to awaken your hearts to how offensive that sin is to to God. So that you'll turn away from it and run to him and seek forgiveness from him. It's repentance. Repentance. And so often we we come to this point in our life of salvation where we came forward or we prayed a prayer or we signed a card or we did something. Someone told us if we do this, then we'll get to go to heaven. And we did that. And that was the gospel. And we were saved. But then we just continue on our life and we're just presuming on the Lord we're just taking advantage we're taking for granted the kindness and forbearance and patience of god still doing all the things that we did before not running away from sin just continuing in it second corinthians 7:10 says godly grief godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret whereas worldly grief produces death there's two kinds of grieving you may have grieved but did you repent you may have come to a a service somewhere or read a book or read a verse or something or someone even was loving enough to come to you and 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 approach you and and challenge you on your sin confront you on it and you felt bad you felt guilty Well, the Bible says there's two kinds of guilt. There's a guilt that leads to true repentance. That's godly guilt. That's a guilt that says, God, I feel horrible because I've offended you. And then there's a worldly guilt. And that's a guilt that, that says, if we're honest, if we were to say it out loud, God, I feel guilty because they know what kind of a person I am now. And I don't like that. And I don't like that these people know what kind of a person I am now. And I feel bad about it. And I shouldn't have done that. And I wish I wasn't that way. But it doesn't lead us to run from that sin. It doesn't lead us to run to God. It's not a a guilt that leads us to true repentance. And that's what God is seeking. In fact, Acts 17 says that's what he's commanding. Is that we turn from sin. That we repent in Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed that believing brings repentance. I want us to see this. You know, Michael and I were talking after a service a few weeks ago, and, and I mentioned 1 John 1, 9, which is a beautiful verse. If you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. It's beautiful. But we don't want to leave out of that this element of it's not just confessing. It's repenting. It's turning from it. It's not doing it anymore. There's, a, there's, this, there's this idea that, that, that maybe we can just... You know, I, I, I gossiped this week, and I felt really bad about it, but I told, I told the Lord that I did it. Or I looked at some things on the computer I shouldn't have looked at, but I told God I did it. Like, is that really what we're called to do as long as i tell the lord as long as i as long as i tell the lord that i did those things well then it's okay and he'll forgive me and i'll just keep telling the lord that i keep doing those things as long as I, I all i have to do is i have to remember to tell him i just have to remember after i've done those horrible things i just have to remember to tell him what are you doing to stop doing those things Have you repented? Have you really turned from it? Are you really seeking God? Are you offended by the sin? It leads to repentance. What are we doing differently? How are we changing? Have we turned from those things that offend God? The second thing that believing is, is it's doing. It's repenting and it's doing something. And Jesus says, if you want to come after me, then you're going to have to take up your cross and deny yourself and follow me. Follow me. If anyone wants to come after me, anyone, I'm not exceptions, it's not if you, I mean, if you really want to be like the leadest of Christians, then you should take up your cross and deny yourself and follow Jesus. But if you just want to be like, a regular christian, just a normal christian, then you don't have to do all that. Just come to church and make sure you confess your sins and no, there's a following of Christ. There's a believing that leads to following, that leads to taking up our cross, that leads to denying ourselves, that leads to following Christ. Go to James chapter 2. Look what James says about this. James chapter 2 starting with verse 14. James 2, starting with verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Now, is James saying here that, that salvation is coming by works? That salvation is, 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 is given to you by what you do? No. No, it's through faith. It's through faith that we're saved. But that faith has to be genuine faith is what James is saying. I mean, how many of us really want to come before the God of the universe who gave his one and only son and killed him on a cross so that we could have forgiveness of sins and go before this God and say, here is my faith, Lord. I know it's dead. There's no life in it whatsoever. Is that really what God's looking for? No, He's looking for genuine faith. People that say they believe in him and live it. That are walking with him. They're not having this dead faith. That's just really a title that we've put over top of our heads. Faith that is real faith leads to action. It leads to doing something. It leads to works. It leads to a life that that is exactly what Ephesians one is saying here. It's because of Christ and to the praise of Christ. It's because of God and to the praise of God. You guys know what skeet shooting is? You know what skeet shooting is. I'm pretty good at skeet shooting. I'm not boasting. It's not boasting if you're telling the truth, right? I'm not boasting. I just, I enjoy it. And, and so like uh, two Thanksgivings ago or something like that, we were skeet shooting at my sister's house and like 40 out of 41, skeet they weren't like lined up like one at a time 40 out of 41 of these things right now if i had a gun this morning and a clay pigeon that's what they're called okay and 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 held it up here and like put it on a a stand up here and asked you do you think knowing that i have 40 out of 41 of these skeet that are flying through the air at like two thousand miles an hour Do you think I could stand on the other side of the platform and hit this on the first shot? How many people would say, yeah, I think you could do that? (laughs) Most people would say, yeah, I think you could do that, right? If I were to ask you, do you think I could shoot this and hit it, most people would say, yeah, I think you could do that. Now, if I wasn't shooting with the 12-gauge because it spreads and you would never want to come up and hold the thing... But if I had like a BB gun or something and, 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 and was up here with it, and I asked you, of those of you who believe, how many of you believe so much that you would come up and hold this thing for me? How many of you then would, would hold it? My guess is like one or two. But here's the thing. Genuine belief in my ability to, ability to shoot the target is only revealed in the second question. Only the people who will come up and hold the target really believe that I will hit it on the first shot. The first ones of you are are, are really just, yeah, that'd be cool to see. I would like that to happen in church. We should shoot guns in church. Like, that's your process of thinking. You don't really, really in your, your mind, you're not like, man, I really... My faith is in Tony. I know that he can hit this. It's just, we need guns in church. Like, that's kind of your belief. And the truth is, only those who would come up and hold the target really believe that I could do that. It's the same with Jesus. That's what he's talking about here with belief. Belief. Belief is not just saying, I believe that God is the creator of the universe and that he created and that man fell. But God in his love sent his son as a way to redeem people. And not only that, he is going to create a new creation. I believe that so much that I'm going to just continue on my way and live my life for myself. That's not real belief. Real belief says, therefore... There is nothing I can do except fall on my face accept his grace and give my life to this God that's faith that's what he means when you when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him that's real belief he says when you did that you were sealed with the promised holy spirit you were sealed you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. If you heard the gospel and truly believed, you were sealed. You are secure in Christ. John ten twenty seven through 29, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. You're sealed. You're kept. You're secure. In ancient times, the the seal of a king represented security. They would stamp their seal and that was representing security. If you remember in Daniel chapter 6, where where King Darius placed his seal on the stone that was over the the hole that that they put uh, Daniel in with the lions, right? And it's unbreakable. It's the seal by the king that's that's not breakable. It puts his stamp on it. It was binding. And any person but the king who who tried to break that or disturb that was was probably going to forfeit their life. In the same way, he says... You have been sealed by the king with the Holy Spirit. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit secures the believer. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22 says, It is God who establishes us with with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Now, verse 14 is similar to that talking about the holy spirit as our guarantee and we're going to talk about that next week we're going to talk about the trinity and we're going to talk about the holy spirit and the working of the holy spirit and his work in our lives so why are we talking so much about the gospel today it's the gospel right we should all know the gospel we should know john three sixteen. why are we why are we going through is it because you know i'm Maybe Tony knows there's a visitor. There might be a visitor here and they need to hear the gospel. Is that, is that why we're doing so much on the gospel? I mean, this is basic stuff. This is, this is Christianity 101. Why are we spending time on this? I mean, here's, here's what I think. I think that a lot of us think that the gospel is something we look back on. It's something that happened. It's a point in our life. It's a wonderful point in our life that we celebrate and we sing about and we, we're so thankful for. And we look back on the gospel as the moment as we, we heard about Jesus and we believed in Jesus and we started following Jesus. And we're thankful as we look back on the gospel. The gospel is not something that we look back on as a part of our life. The gospel is now. If we are in Christ, the gospel is just as important for us today as it was when we began our walk with Christ. The gospel is for us now, today. Paul says in Galatians 2, I, I love this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the not- life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the gospel present today in someone's life the life i live now it's not me it's christ it's god who gave his son for me philippians 121 paul says for me or for for to me to live is christ and to die is gain for for to me to live to just keep going on and living day to day to day that's christ It's about Christ, it's because of Christ, it's for Christ, it's to the praise of Christ. It's Christ. That's what my life is. That's what my life ought to be. That's what what my days should be. 2 Corinthians 5.14 Paul says the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. What's the gospel do for us? It changes us completely, and then we are led and living for and by the gospel. We ought to be living the gospel now. We didn't just hear the gospel, and we're done with the gospel. The gospel is is for the rest of our lives. We ought to be believing it daily. That's what Jesus says, right? If you want to come after me, anyone that wants to come after me ought to deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It's for today. I so want 2 Corinthians 5.14 for my life. For our church. That we would say the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this. That one has died for all. Therefore all have died. Christ died. I'm controlled by his love now. For me to live is Christ. So let me ask, are you living the gospel? Are you living the gospel? Are you taking the gospel? Are you embracing the gospel? Are you proclaiming the gospel? Do you know the gospel? Just like Paul's going through in Ephesians 1 are you living to the praise of his glory? I don't think we can live to the praise of His glory if we are not living the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is glorious. And we need to search our hearts and see are we presuming? Are we just taking for granted the kindness of God, the gospel of Christ? Or have we turned and genuinely turned to Him through repentance and belief? And now living for him. I had the opportunity Friday evening to um, spend the evening with a, a good friend of mine, uh, Johnny Carls. And if you were here Sunday night to hear the uh, uh, the kids choir from Uganda, he's the director of that ministry of Africa Renewal Ministries. And and with him was Pastor Peter. So if you saw in the video, the pastor from Uganda, uh, the three of us got to spend some time together. And, and uh, I was convicted and encouraged uh, when pastor peter at the table uh said uh about johnny that johnny is the only american now you have to understand pastor peter has has been to the states many times um and and uh and said this johnny's the only american that i've ever met who talks to people and what i mean by that is johnny talks to everybody (laughs) he talks to everybody and and pastor peter's words were you're you're weird like there's like something weird with you because i don't see that i don't see that with any other person in america and 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 it's true i mean johnny just does i mean the thing that the story of pastor peter was talking about is this this person just reading a book and johnny just walks up to him and says what are you reading i'm reading this well where are you in the world right now He's reading a fiction book, and so he's just like, he wants to get in. Where are you, like when you read a fiction book, you're kind of somewhere else. And this person just lit up, he's like, well, Maine. I'm in Maine right now in this this book. And just led from that about talking about things. He just talks to everybody. He just he just talks to everybody. And as, as Pastor Peter's asking him, like, what's wrong with you? When you look at the rest of the culture and, and and looking at him, and he's so different. So what's wrong with you? What's different about you? And he just said this. I just, I came to realize, I wasn't always like this, but I just came to realize the creator of the universe is my father. My father. Who loves me. What in the world do I have to be afraid of in this earth? The creator of the universe is my father. What am I afraid of? The creator of the universe loves me as his son. What do I have to be afraid of? There's a hymn called, May the mind of Christ my Savior. It says this, May the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day. By his love and power controlling all I do and say, May the word of God dwell richly in my heart from hour to hour. So that all may see I triumph only through his power. May the peace of God my father rule my life and everything. That I may be calm to comfort sick and sorrowing. May the love of Jesus fill me as the waters fill the sea. Him exalting, self-abasing, this is victory. May I run the race before me strong and brave to face the foe. Looking only unto Jesus as I onward go. May his beauty rest upon me as I seek the lost to win. And may they forget the channel seeing only him. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the gospel. Father God, thank you That you created. And that even when men fell and turned their backs on you, embracing sin, you had a plan. And in love, you sent your Son. And in Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. According to the riches of your grace, Father. And we have a hope because of that of new life, of new creation in you, and to the praise of your glory. God, I pray, I pray. Lord, these are verses and things that we have read or heard so many times in our life, if we have grown up in the church and it is easy to become so acquainted with them that we presume on you, Lord, that we take them for granted, that we don't respond as you have intended. We don't respond to the praise of you. We don't respond by taking the gospel. We don't respond by living the gospel. We don't respond by embracing the gospel. God, help us, Lord. I pray that if there is anyone here, anyone here. Who has not believed as you have called them to believe. That even as they've heard today, these verses that proclaim the goodness of you and. The grace of you, Lord. Would you use those words from Scripture to do what only they can do, to pierce and convict, to awaken their hearts, Lord, to, to bring faith to them, Lord? Would they respond in faith and true belief, true obedience? God, you're good. What you do is good. I'm so grateful for you, Lord. I'm so grateful for your word. I pray that you would. By Your Spirit, work it in people's hearts right now. God, if there are those of us who have known You and yet been walking and living for ourselves, not living for the Gospel, not taking the Gospel, not embracing it, not going with it. Lord, we're in repentance today, Lord. I pray that there would be true grief, brokenness over sin that has offended You. And that that grief, that that Sorrow would lead to true repentance that brings forgiveness. And pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.